Deciding to make the move to a new city to pursue your dream of a career in music can be incredibly daunting and intimidating. You're suddenly surrounded by so much talent, so much opportunity, that it's hard to know where to begin and who to trust. That's why Mark Thress and Sheridan Gates created New Roots, a hands-on mentorship program based in Nashville, Tennessee, for female artists who are ready to dive in and launch their music careers. New Roots provides female developing artists with music industry resources surrounded by supportive and trusted industry professionals to develop a new generation of passionate, empowered women. During New Roots' three-day events, each artist gets the unique opportunity to record on Music Row with a Grammy-winning producer, ask questions and learn from industry professionals, co-write songs, work with a celebrity stylist and photographer, perform in a traditional Nashville writer's round, and most importantly, feel empowered to take charge of their career. The next New Roots event is coming up June 16th through 19th in Nashville, Tennessee, and spots are limited, so head to wearenewroots.com to fill out the free and quick application. At New Roots, it's all about growing together, supporting each other, and lifting each other up in order to create real change and opportunity for women in the music industry. They strive to create a safe, supportive, and collaborative community in which women can launch their careers more confidently and creatively. Don't wait to apply. Head to wearenewroots.com and follow them on Instagram at New Roots Nashville for all the details and to learn about upcoming events. Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for checking in today. I appreciate it. On today's episode, we have Gracie Calvanesso. She's a pop artist out of Nashville, Tennessee, originally from Michigan, but I won't hold that against you. O-H-I-O. And <laughs> uh, so today, Gracie is going to be talking about her song, Attention. And I think this song is cool. It's It just draws on some social issues that I think are important to talk about. And I also think it's just a very honest point of view. So without any further ado, this is Attention by Gracie Calvanesso. Attention, attention. Why do I always crave a guy's attention when I could give myself that same affection? Why do I look at him to feel that need? Even when he means nothing to me. Spending all night in the bars and drinking when I could be meditating and thinking. I always got the best intentions, but I can't resist attention. But I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know Like why did I connect with both my exes Knowing that I should let him go But if I was a man, no one would care anyway I can laugh about it Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody Thank you so much for listening in today And on the show, I have Gracie Calvanesso How are you, Gracie? 
Hi, I'm good, Katie. How are you? I am doing well. I'm kind of freezing my butt off in Nash or in I'm not Nashville. I'm in Ohio and I'm freezing my butt off in Ohio. I wish I was in Nashville. Oh gosh. <laughs> How well, about it's you? It's cold here today too though. <laughs> it's freezing here today. So oh. I think it's just one of those cold days in in America. Yeah. It snowed here yesterday. I was not happy. Oh, it's rough. I'm from Detroit, so I get it. Yeah. So we actually, we're not very far from each other. So I'm originally from uh, Columbus, Ohio area. Oh, no way. Yeah, that's not far at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've hung out in Detroit a couple of times. Um, I went to like, I think I went to like the, a 4th of July Pops concert or something in Detroit. And it was amazing. Oh, yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm slated to actually go see Elton John there in April as long as his tour is still on. So I'm really excited. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's badass. So, okay, so you originally from Detroit. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about, you know, how you got your start in music? Yeah, totally. So I grew up basically doing choirs. I was in this choir when I was in fourth grade, but my mom says that I was singing since I could talk, basically. Um, I'm an identical twin, and my mom says that my twin sister and I used to hum to each other when we were babies. Aww. So she's a singer, too. So we basically both have been singing since we were really little um but I've been singing since I was little I started off doing choirs in the fourth grade got into the honors choir at my school in fifth grade my background's kind of more classical but I've always loved playing the piano and you know when I was 15 I taught myself how to play piano and would just jam out to Lady Gaga songs I (laughs) basically taught myself all of her music by ear when I was 15 and wow. I would just spend every single day singing Lady Gaga and playing the piano. So that's amazing. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. That, that started my love for playing the piano. Um, but I ended up studying classical voice in college. So my degree is in, um, is in opera basically. Nice. And I realized after college that I really didn't want to have a career in opera. It just isn't my passion. And Um, so my, my senior year of college, I started taking songwriting lessons and I had been writing songs since I was little, just to kind of help me process my emotions. Um, but it wasn't really until my senior year of college that I, that I thought, you know, I could have a career in this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I visited Nashville and just fell in love with it and knew that I needed to move. So I actually worked as a K through eight music teacher for a bit after college and then um, decided to just move here. So I've been in Nashville now for almost four years, which is insane. And just (laughs) learning every day. I kind of tell myself that it's like second college almost because you learn so much when you're here. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely real. Yeah. I moved to, moved to Nashville in 2018 and that's, that's a fantastic way to put it. It's like putting yourself back in school because there's so much to learn there and what but the good thing is though like there's so many people that are willing to help you out too oh yeah it's the best and I've made so many amazing connections since I've been here I didn't know anybody at all when I moved not a single person and Mm -hmm. I just moved by myself and would go to songwriter rounds alone to go meet people and I've met the most amazing people so it's just been the best living in Nashville that's so cool. So when you were in college, like, was was your program, was it pretty hardcore? Yeah, it was pretty strict. Um, although I didn't really follow it, to be honest with you. I kind of <laughs> did my own thing. Like, 
I um I ended up switching out of vocal performance, which is like the strict like opera classical yeah. career path, and I switched to a BA in music, which is a more general music degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else would get up in what we call our master class, which is where you have everybody in the program together in one room, and you get up and sing in front of everybody, and it was nerve wracking and terrifying. Yep. Um, but everybody else would get up and sing their classical songs. And I would get up and just play the piano and sing a song I wrote. And so I was kind of the uh, black sheep of the program. So, uh, yeah, didn't really follow it. <laughs> we are we are about to become such phenomenal friends. So, <laughs> so I went to college uh, for uh, essentially music education when I started. I'm a classically trained percussionist. And I, I ran around pretty much with all of the vocal people because they were so much cooler than everybody else in the instrumental department. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, like you, I switched to a BA and uh, just, you know, got a, a music business degree. Um, but I understand that feeling of, you know, of being a black sheep in your studio because I was not only in a male dominated studio, but there was literally like, I mean, there was only two females by the time that I was a senior maybe three females but oh wow yeah uh it just in the in the percussion department and pretty much like all of the girls that were in the program that we were all just kind of looked at like we were lesser than and um so like I said I I hung out with all the vocal people because they were way cooler um but my my best friend (laughs) is actually she she was an opera singer as well and she like Went to Northwestern for her master's, and uh, you know, she sang out in Santa Fe for a little bit, and she did some some work in New York. And so I, I understand why people make the switch from opera to, you know, to like songwriting and to, you know, a little bit more mainstream music. It's, it's a completely different world. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And my school didn't even have any sort of program for me. Um, we only had a classical program, so I just kind of did my own thing and mm-hmm. made it up <laughs> as I went. Um, but I really am happy that I have the classical voice degree because it's helped me so much to know music theory um, and music history and also classical singing. So I'm also a vocal coach here in Nashville. I have my business called Mindful Singing. And I started it because when I was in college, I actually damaged my vocal cords I had vocal polyps um and I had to have surgery on them and completely relearn how to speak um because I didn't speak properly either and I had to change all of my habits all my speaking habits I mean even down to like not going in loud areas so that I wouldn't be talking over loud music or people talking yeah. and um, it inspired me to want to teach other people how to um, how to sing and speak properly. So that's part of what I do now, which is a lot of fun. Wow. So, you know, I'm grateful for my, my time in college because it, it taught me so much. I, I wouldn't change anything that I did. That's incredible. So when, so when you take on new students and you can tell for, you know, 
like maybe maybe within the first 10 minutes that they're not singing properly like can you talk about some of the techniques that you use because you know I you and I both know that you know as as classically trained people like there there are tons of people in the world who don't sing properly and they don't know that they're not singing properly so if you can maybe talk about that a little bit just to kind of give our listenership you know an idea of like things to watch out for maybe that would be really cool Oh, totally. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're not speaking in your vocal fry. So talking down here like this, right? Um, a lot of people talk like that, especially if you think like the Kardashians, <laughs> the way that they talk, they end their sentences like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not great for your voice. It's also um, a good idea to just watch how loud you're speaking in general. Um, if you're in a loud room, you want to make sure you're not shouting. Um, one trick that I like to do that my vocal therapist taught me is to put an earphone or not an earphone uh what are those things called earbud in one ear Mm -hmm. so that um you can hear yourself talking better so I do that a lot like if I go out I actually was at whiskey jam last week and I had to put it in both ears so I could hear myself speaking yeah um but that's a really good practice is to just make sure that you're always aware so um I actually called my call my business mindful singing because in my opinion, being mindful and aware is the most important part of healthy singing technique. Um, And it was really my mindfulness practice that helped me to kind of shift out of speaking and singing improperly and into being really aware of how I was speaking and singing. And a good rule of thumb is if your voice, if you have any vocal changes like fatigue or raspiness or anything like that, that have lasted for over two days, you're going to want to go see an ear, nose, and throat doctor to see if there could be something else going on. So maybe tell her that to keep that in mind. Um, If it lasts longer than two days, it's a sign that there could be something else going on. As much as you can be aware and mindful of your voice, the better. Um, Because so many of us are just going in day-to-day life not super aware. And that's how so many singers, especially in Nashville, end up hurting their vocal cords. I mean, especially when you're out on Broadway performing for, you know, six hours, it's just a lot on the vocal cords. So that's really the, the kind of people that I work with, just people that have uh, very demanding schedules for their voices. Talk a little bit about, you know, starting up your business, because as as musicians, Obviously, we can't always pay the bills with our art. So sometimes we have to have that side hustle. So um, can you talk about, you know, starting up that business and like, you know, some of the processes that you use, like, you know, how do you market yourself, you know, things like that, just because there are other musicians out there who are also looking at, you know, to do a side hustle. Oh, yeah, totally. It has been a process. So um, I started teaching about 12 years ago back in Michigan. Um, when I was younger. So I've been teaching voice lessons for a while and I used to teach primarily kids. So I taught at, in a K through eight school mm-hmm. um, for about six ish years, um, three years in classroom. The other three years I was directing musicals and doing private voice lessons and stuff like that. Um, so I started off teaching kids. And when I moved to Nashville, I just noticed that there was a need for adults to learn how to sing properly, especially those that haven't had any training in the past. So um, I kind of just, I mean, really my business started because um, I did yoga teacher training Mm -hmm. and I thought I wanted to also teach yoga, but then I realized what I want to do is take these 
yogic principles and apply them to teaching voice lessons. So that's what I did. And so I started taking on clients, um, just finding them really through networking. So I would go to songwriter rounds and meet people. And I brought business cards with me everywhere I went, um, would post in Facebook groups, um, really having a great website makes a big difference too. Yeah. As long as you've got some stuff out there that kind of says who you are. Um, and just really forming connections is what's helped me the most. I mean, I know that's, uh, kind of the obvious answer for anybody in Nashville, but connections are what get you where you want to go more than anything. I think, um, it's just about knowing the right people. So, um, yeah, I would go out and connect. Yeah. So I'd go out and connect with people and, um, specifically people in my niche of what I teach. So I work primarily with spiritually minded singers. Mm -hmm. And so I would connect with people through like yoga classes, spiritual workshops, um, or if I met somebody out at a writer's round that seemed to have music similar to mine, you know, about spirituality, I would connect with them and talk to them about voice lessons. So um, it's really just about kind of getting yourself in those spaces where you're with people that might be interested. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic advice. And, you know, and Nashville is such a melting pot. You can you can absolutely find, you know, your your tribe of people in that city. And uh, and it's really cool because there's so many different you know walks of life there. Um, so I think that's that's a, an amazing principle of using, you know, yogi type, you know, teachings and also applying it to voice. I'm sure it definitely helps with breast support. I can totally see that right now. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah. And another thing I want to point out too, is hiring a mentor. Um, I've worked with so many different business coaches, music coaches, people like that, just to kind of help me one-on-one. I'm currently in a course that's helping me grow my teaching business even more. So just finding somebody that's done it before and having them mentor you is super helpful rather than just trying to start from scratch and do it all yourself. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about your start in music. We've talked about your side business. And so if you could talk about the process for your single attention that we're going to feature here on the episode. For sure. So um, attention is probably my favorite song I've ever written. Um, it's the most honest and the most vulnerable that I had gotten in a song. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> It's literally about a time when I went to bars trying to get attention from boys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so I was just kind of in a place in my life where, I mean, to be very honest with you, because I don't hold back at all. Nope. Go for it. I went to the, to the bar one night, I was out with some friends and a lot of my, a lot of my friends had left and I realized that I was in a bar with five guys that were interested in dating me and I was kind of leading them all on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is ridiculous, Gracie, like get it together. (laughs) And so I wrote attention the next day. I came up with the melody and, um, you know, at first it was, why do I always crave a guy's attention when I could give myself that same affection? The original lyrics were, I'm sick of all my bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I was really sick of it. And so I brought that to my friend, Craig Lackey, who's my co-writer. He's amazing at helping me get my thoughts into words. And we ended up writing the whole thing in like one day. And it was the fastest I've ever written a song because it kind of just flowed out of me. And um, it's 
when you first listen, it kind of sounds like it's just like a fun pop song about wanting attention from boys. Um, but if you listen deeper to the lyrics, it's really about finding worthiness within yourself. So wow. some of the lyrics at the end are um, maybe something in me is hurting or missing that keeps me searching for what I can't seem to find within because I can't resist attention. Um, so it's really about me kind of searching for that worthiness within myself and asking myself the questions like, why do I feel like I need this much, much attention, right? Is it yeah. because I'm not giving myself this much attention? And so um, that's what I really aim to do with my music is I, I want it to be approachable for people that like to listen to pop music, but to have deeper messages and meanings behind the music. So that was so fun to write. And um, I recorded it with my friend Dylan, who's an amazing producer here in town, Dylan Maloney. And uh, he really helped me bring the vision to life. I mean, he came up with the track and he's just awesome. So it was such a fun project and I can't wait to release more music. I'm actually going to be releasing more, hopefully sometime this year. I'm like in the beginning process of starting, um, figuring it out, but so excited about that. Um, and then I'm going to be releasing an acoustic video for attention that Craig and I filmed um, in this bar in Nashville called The Crying Wolf. I'm going to be releasing that actually next week on the 20th oh, cool. for the one year anniversary of this being out. Yeah. So I'm excited about that, but um, it's been so much fun. And I kind of took a little hiatus with recording over the past year um, just to really focus on mindful singing. Cause it's kind of newer. Um, I've been doing mindful singing for about three ish years, but I've kind of started um, really focusing on it over the past year, but I'm excited to get back into my artistry and kind of have a better balance of the two things. That's awesome. And, you know, good for you for, for writing a pop song that has, you know, a meaning that's deeper than surface level emotions. Um, I, thank you so much. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love pop music. I absolutely do. But I do find that it can be very surface level and, and a lot of it, is very surface level. So when there's an artist who who tries really hard to, you know, to dive into so like some really deep feelings that, you know, can make people uncomfortable, especially in pop music, because it's usually up and it's dancey and it's a bop and it makes you feel good, you know, so the lyrics tend to be kind of the same thing, like just very feel good stuff. But when you can when you can take a song in that genre and you can really talk about some real life stuff, I mean, the, that that entire premise is incredibly relatable and, and not just, you know, for women, but I mean, as musicians as a whole, I mean, part of our livelihood is trying to draw attention to our art so that we can continue to spread it to other people, you know? Oh and yeah. And thank you so much. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's, it's one of my goals really to get more what I call conscious music out there, right? Yeah. Like everything I do is kind of under the umbrella of mindfulness and mm -hmm. consciousness. Um, I'm super spiritual. If you can't tell already, <laughs> my, uh, spiritual practice is the most important thing in my life. My connection to God and the universe and, you know, a greater power out there. Um, and I, I want to bring that in with everything that I do. So yeah. it's kind of my sneaky goal to get more people more connected to their inner knowing, more connected to their intuition, and more connected to their emotions. 
So I hope to do that with my music. And that's, that's really my bigger goal with everything that I do is to get more people connected to themselves. especially in you know with the pandemic and everything I think there's a large amount of disconnect in the world not just not just with other people but also within ourselves you know when you when you put somebody in a really strenuous situation they tend to retreat and and sometimes they retreat from themselves and then they you know and I know a lot there's a lot of people out there who just kind of feel like a former shell of themselves because of what they've had to endure with COVID and so I think that you know, you trying to shed light on this connectivity with, you know, with the self, but then also with, you know, spirituality. I think that's incredibly empowering. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I just want to show people that experiencing a wide range of emotions is normal and human, which is yeah. why I'm not afraid to just be vulnerable and be like, Hey, one time I had five guys that liked me in a bar and they all thought that I was into them. <laughs> and that's why I wrote this song. Like I'm okay with saying that if it helps somebody else yeah. realize something about themselves, right. If it helps them realize a deeper emotion that they're experiencing, if it helps them to dig deeper, I'm okay with putting myself out there and really showing my process of digging deeper. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, all right, here's a question for you. So, because this is who you are as an artist, is there an artist out there that has actually done this for you? Whose music has kind of helped you maybe find some, you know, interconnectivity in yourself? Oh gosh. I mean, I have so many influences. Um, one huge one is Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. She is a huge influence for me with just being vulnerable in her music and being honest about her emotions. So I love her. I love her songwriting style. Um, like I mentioned before, Lady Gaga yeah. is a giant influence of mine. I just love how theatrical she is and how out there she is and how bold she is and just not afraid to express herself. Right. Um, and I, you know, with her playing the piano and everything and just having these huge loud piano parts in her songs um, with the piano solos. She's a big influence for me as well. Um, especially with authenticity and just showing up as you are. Um, and then I also love Casey Musgraves. Mm -hmm. She has kind of trailblazed her way through the country music community. Um, and, you know, she's kind of done her own thing with everything that she's doing with her newest album. I mean, it's still country, but she's kind of gone off the rails with it. Yeah. <laughs> with, 
<laughs> with what country music is. So she's a big influence. Of course, I'm not country, um, but I do love country music and love everything that, that Casey Musgraves is about. Um, and then another big influence for me is Colby Calais. Growing up, I listened to her music all the time, and I love her, like, beachy, carefree vibes. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, those those few women are really big influences for me. And, oh, of course, I forgot to mention Carol King <laughs> is one of my biggest influences ever. I'm obsessed with her. I um, read her book in, like, four days, like her um, Carol King, A Natural Woman book, which I highly recommend if you're a musician to just check that book out because it's amazing. Um, but she's a huge influence for me, too. So um, just really anybody that puts themselves out there with their emotions. I think it's so important in the world. And I think it's something that has been lacking in the past few years, especially with just our day-to-day lives, the structure of it with people having nine to five jobs and, you know, spending all your time at work. Like people are not as connected to themselves as I think you should be. Um, I think it's important to, you know, meditate and practice yoga and get outside in nature and be creative every day and spend time with your loved ones. And we're kind of like in this super structured society where um, we're not really doing that anymore. And so I think it's just so important. And sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent. Here, no, but... <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Keep going. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so important to connect to yourself daily. Um, And so as a part of what I teach my students um, with my business, Mindful Singing, is just having a morning routine Mm -hmm. and having the start of your day be about you and your creativity and your connection to yourself, because it really does make a huge difference. And I think that's ultimately why many artists do what they do, right, is to be creative and to connect. And so um, I think the more that we can encourage people to do that the better I I agree so much and I mean it earlier today a friend of mine she was like hey do you want to go for a walk and I'm thinking oh my god I have I have this interview to do I've got like all these lessons I'm going to teach later do I do I have time and I thought you know what yes I have time I need to do this so I I fully believe that we heal ourselves when we get out in nature or we, we sit and we meditate. I mean, I have journals upon journals upon journals and some of them are for specific things. And, you know, so earlier today I was in my, um, my daily devotional, you know, because I, you know, I just, I need to connect with my God and I need to be just kind of centered. And that's just kind of how I like to start my day is, you know, I'll do a devotional, I'll go take a walk and then I'll start working. Uh, and sometimes you got to break it up and do, you know, different things depending on the schedule. But I, I think that especially as Americans, when we're in a culture that is so focused on consuming so much on social media, 100% of the day, we forget that real human connection and connection with, you know, just the outdoors is, is actually more healing than sitting on your phone and scrolling for two hours and getting, you know, locked into a wormhole of some kind. <laughs> oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I love that, that you got out and walked today and you probably feel so much better, right? Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was the right decision. <laughs> yeah. It makes a huge difference. And I used to be one of those people like, okay, I have anxiety like really severely bad anxiety, which I'm currently still working on mm-hmm. and probably will be for the rest of my life, to be honest. I, I kind of think it comes with the territory of being a creative, like yeah. <laughs> having anxiety or depression or some sort of 
you know, mental blockage. Um, but yeah, so sorry, can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, cool. My phone is making noises. Um, there we go. Okay, sorry. Hopefully we can edit that out if that's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a huge advocate of having a morning routine and just getting outside in nature first thing in the morning, meditating, practicing yoga, journaling, whatever you can do to connect yourself. Because um, especially as a creative, because I think so many creatives struggle with some sort of mental illness that kind of prohibits them from um, being their best, right? Um, Like I know my anxiety has definitely gotten in the way. And I used to be one of those people that would get up like, you know, 10 minutes before I had to be somewhere and would just quickly like grab a protein bar and like brush my teeth and get out the door. And I would start my day anxious every day. And I finally realized like, I need to get up an hour earlier and start prioritizing myself in the morning, especially being someone who is an empath and a people pleaser. Um, And, you know, I kind of take on the energy of whoever I'm with. And so if I don't really take some time in the morning to sit with myself and to connect to God, then I am just a frazzled mess the rest of the day. (laughs) And so having that morning routine has been so helpful for me. So, and sometimes it looks different. Sometimes it's only 10 minutes. Sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes I have an entire hour. It really depends on the day. I'm not super strict with it because I found that being overly strict is not helpful for me either because I feel like I am limiting myself. (laughs) If I say I have to do this every day, then I don't do it. Um, But lately for me, it's been practicing yoga and journaling. And usually I practice yoga for like 10 to 20 minutes and I journal for five minutes-ish. And, you know, some days it changes. Like I posted a reel on my Instagram the other day that was like, some days your morning routine looks like this. And it was me doing yoga. And then it was like, and some other days it looks like this. And then it's me just dancing around to Brothers Osborne. And <laughs> <laughs> that really is how it is some days. Like some days I just turn on music and dance. And I think dancing helps connect us to our creativity too, just to move and, you know, kind of get out of your head a little bit. Oh yeah. Movement. 100%. My, so, that, you know, typically when I wake up in the morning, like, you know, that I've been listening to Ed Sheeran's new album, like on repeat, I can't stop listening to it. I love everything he does. You know, so oh, like, I gotta check that out. Oh my God, yes, you have to. It's so good. He's just, he's just wicked. I love that dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my regular routine is, you know, get up, like, get the cured going with some coffee. You know, kind of put my face on and listen to Ed Sheeran while I do it, and then I start, you know, with you know my journaling or or whatever it is that I need to do that day. But I think it's important and I'm glad that you teach this in your lessons about, you know, having a routine. It doesn't necessarily have to be strict, but it does need to be consistent, though. And that is, you know, for some people, and I will definitely say that consistency is hard for me. Um, So but if you can maintain that habit, you know, if you can do something for 20, what is it, 27 days, it becomes a habit. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and then I think I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think for a lot of musicians, it's so important to do that because we are our own bosses, most of us. Like, yeah. if, if we don't get it done, it doesn't get done for, right. for artistry especially. So I think it's so important to start your day just connected so you're not frazzled the whole day. 
Yeah. And it just, it sets you up, right? It, it gets you, it gets you ready to go. And, you know, like, uh, one of Erin's things that I've picked up from her is, you know, making a to-do list and there's got to be at least six things that you accomplish. Maybe you write down 15, but if you get at least the first six of them done, then you can continue rolling that to-do list over, you know, the, the next day and the next day. And, I find that I get really productive because I'm like, okay, here's about 15 things on my list that I really need to do, but these first six are the most important, so I'm going to at least get that done. And my productivity just goes up like tenfold when I do that. I love that. That's really smart to, to say six things a day. I'm the kind of person now where like I have to block out all of my time or else I'll just like end up scrolling on Instagram. Right. So I have to... <laughs> hold myself accountable and say, okay, from like one to two, I'm going to work on my website. And then I like, you know, leave a little wiggle room, but that's what I have found the best is, you know, having somewhat of a structure so that I'm not just, you know, <laughs> free flowing all day. Right. <laughs> Although it is good to have days like that where you just kind of do whatever you feel like doing, but sometimes there's things that need to get done, especially the not so fun parts of being a business owner right. and artist, like, emails, scheduling, finances, all that kind of stuff, which yeah. I don't particularly enjoy, but no one else is going to do it. So yeah, <laughs> got to schedule time. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, uh, thank you so much for, you know, just talking about your process, because I feel that the more examples of, you know, our processes, you know, that we put out there, it helps other people. You know, my process is going to be different from yours and yours is going to be different from the next person. But just being able to have this information out there for people is really important because, you know, it, it's kind of like you said earlier, if you can, you can find a mentor or somebody that you can model your own practice after, then you can, then you can make the changes as you need to, right? Oh, yeah, totally. And some of what I've been learning, too, is not just through music, but through applying um, what I've learned in yoga and what I've learned through self-development work to music. Yeah. So I read a lot of like self-development type books too. Mm -hmm. um, like one that I love is, can I swear on here? Yeah. You said I could, right? Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite books is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Have yes. you read that book? I have not. It's, I want to. Oh, it's amazing. There's an audio book on um, Spotify. So I highly recommend that. Like if you're busy and don't, don't really have the time to sit down and read. Like I listened to the audiobook when I was driving and, mm -hmm. you know, listened to it in like a week or whatever, but it's just so helpful to have, um, some of those self-development tips too, especially if you are a creative entrepreneur or an artist, um, or someone that really makes your own schedule. It's good to kind of incorporate some of those things into your daily routine. That's what I found at least. Um, because it's just helped me to keep a schedule and to stay consistent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, okay. So I've already gotten like you, so many recommendations of books. So I have to read that Carol King book. Uh, absolutely. Cause I love oh, Carol yeah. King. And now I have to read, uh, the art of what is it? The subtle art of not giving a fuck. Okay. I actually have a copy if you want to borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Put notes in the margins. I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, okay, have you, I, I want to ask this too, have you, have you read any other like, you know, maybe music business books specifically that you feel like you should, you know, talk about? Because I'm, I'm always looking for, for new books to read. I love reading them a bookworm, but, um, you know, a lot of mine, Me unfortunately, too. is just, it's all about like gu guitar technique because I'm a nerd. <laughs> 
Um, oh, I feel you. I've got some vocal technique books that I love. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm always looking for recommendations for people on like you know music business books to read. So do have you read anything that you know you think is worth mentioning? Honestly, I don't really read a ton of music business books. I mostly learn that kind of stuff from having mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do read a ton of self development books, which I apply to music business. Nice. So. Um, one book that I haven't read fully, uh, what is it called? How to, how to win friends and influence people. Have you heard of that book? No, I haven't. So it's about basically making connections. And one of the biggest parts of the music industry is having connections. So I think, you know, kind of building up on your people skills is the most important thing in the music industry. That's just my personal opinion. Um, because connections are everything. So I, I don't really have too many, um, music business recommendations, but definitely recommend that book. And then also, You're a Badass by Jaren Sincero. Have you read that? I've not. Oh, that book is amazing too. And it's all about like law of attraction and manifestation, but kind of putting it in a more, um, you know, practical terms. Sure. Well, that's that's awesome. So one of my mentors is uh, Judy Stakey, and she she wrote a book. Uh, specifically about songwriting but she focused like the first half of her book is actually focused on you know developing the self and setting intentions and following through on intentions and then also manifesting you know positive energy and shedding negative energy and I know that you know for some people they'll be like oh my god you know that sounds kind of like a woohoo clan over here but the but the reality (laughs) of the situation is is like this stuff is real if if you are if you are putting you know positive energies into your business if you are if you are setting intentions and goals and you're meeting them it's only going to foster and grow you as an individual oh yeah a hundred percent and I'm such a firm believer in that I think that you know there's that saying does music what is it I I feel like I'm gonna butcher it does does art reflect life or does life reflect art Mm. right like whatever we, whatever we are, whoever we are and what we're practicing every day, that's what, what is our art? That's who we are as an artist. And so, you know, if you can work on yourself daily and if you can connect to yourself, that will be reflected back in your songwriting and in your art. Absolutely. And I kind of think that there's different types of songwriters. There's people that can write like a really crafty, song kind of like this the country music that's on the radio nowadays like um you know some of the stuff that's about like um i don't know like trucks and stuff i hate to be stereotypical (laughs) (laughs) but some of the stuff that's on the radio like the country music a lot of it is very like crafty and created to be crafty and then i think there's another camp of songwriters that's more emotional yeah and more about connection to your emotions and I think that if you're in that second camp it's really important to practice what you preach and you know stay connected daily yeah well and you know there's a there's a level of authenticity that gets met in that second camp of people and you know and this is not to dissuade anybody from listening to mainstream music at all you know there's definitely Mm -hmm. good stuff out there but people know when they're listening to a really good song and then people know when they've just heard a life-changing song there's a difference between the two exactly yeah and there's a lot of really well-crafted songs out there which I respect people that can do that 
I'm not one of those people. I'm not really a lyricist. I'm more of a melody person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just, I mean, when you hear a song that hits you right in your heart, <laughs> there's nothing like it. No. There's nothing like it. And um, so I think that in order to be that kind of artist and writer, you've got to kind of practice what you preach and be connected daily. I couldn't agree more. Well, Gracie, thank you so much for, for coming on Paradox Jukebox and talking about your, your experiences in, in the business and also as a, as a coach and then also just as a spiritual individual who is, you know, trying to do their very best and setting a good example about being mindful and then also, you know, showing other people a path that can really help them. I think that's a really incredible thing. And so thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Katie. It's been so great talking to you. Attention, attention. Tell me why's it wrong to want a little attention. Doesn't mean I gotta be somebody's girlfriend. I just like living in the center of attention, attention. Doesn't mean I gotta be somebody's girlfriend Give myself grace, cause I'm only human We are all only human, folks So, take a page out of Gracie's book, okay? Gracie, thank you so much for coming on to the show And talking about your awesome, awesome music And your super cool business It's very cool So, y'all make sure that you check out the show notes Where you can find Gracie and her music And where she's playing next Also, while you're at it, give us a like and a subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And while you're at it, give us a review. That would really, really help us out. Thank you so much. Other than that, I think that is about it, everybody. So have a fantastic week, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. And we shall see you next time.